tryptophan worn off yet? Did you get your Black Friday deals? Are you still thankful? Well, wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsors this week, Health IQ and Squarespace. Squarespace! They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms games played on desktops laptops and consoles also games that involve dice luck and cardboard i am your host jeff canada that's spelled with two n's and one t and i'm joined as always by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis the guy who always gets in the door first on black friday mr christian spicer hello christian Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's like Black Wednesday or Tuesday now, but I did text you. Uh, I think we each texted each other some DVD So many deals. deals. You, were, yeah. you were swapping deals. You were throwing me deals. You, got, you, you had a finger on the pulse of the deals, Christian. Yeah, I knew you already had it, but I was excited when I got it. I think you got yours as like a promotional thing for when something or other came out, or maybe it was for Slash Film, but I picked up the uh, uh, Mission Impossible 6-disc Blu-ray yeah. plus digital code uh, Mission Impossible set because... I need more Tom Cruise in my life. And it was like three dollars, right? It was like <laughs> they paid me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's like forty-eight cents per mission. <laughs> yeah. Uh and I picked up the uh the com- I didn't have this already, the complete Blu-ray of uh Avatar the Last Airbender. The movie uh, version, as- right? Just the, the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the M night Shyamalan. No. The uh the on Peerless, the Peerless cartoon series. And uh I basically am just waiting until my my son and daughter are old enough to watch it with all together. It's like I'm keeping it in the shrink wrap until that time when we get to all sit down alongside a Blu-ray player that you will also keep. Yeah, in the right. I figured wrap. it'll be streaming somewhere, <laughs> but I'm like, why, why, why wait? Why again? It was like thirty it? cents an episode, so yes, yes, yes. Anyway, we're not here to talk deals. That's the past. We're here to talk about video games. So many video games. Um, we got news to talk about. We got all these games that we're trying to get through before our big end of the year best of episode. I know I'm scrambling to get all the the games played. The good news is we have an awesome we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week I'm so excited because DLC stands for delivering lines with charisma. Because you know her from inside Xbox, we have freelance host and writer, the delightful Kate Yeager, is joining us for the first time. Hey, Kate. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Am I am I broadcasting live here at my house? My God, you are. You are. You are coming in clear. Coming in clear. Wonderful. Um, As I mentioned to Christian earlier, uh, longtime listener, first time talker. Very excited to be here. Just a little fangirly. Hope that's not weird. No. Are you kidding? It's very flattering. And I've seen the cars you've been with, Kate. Uh, It's the other way around. I think uh, (laughs) (laughs) you win. Every time you win. I'll 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 take it. I'm not I'm not going to not going to change you on that one. Love it. All right. Well, let's jump in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or 
by visiting our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Fun folks hanging out there, talking about the show, talking about video games in general. Kate, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Oh man, I'll tell you what the uh, it's 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 hard not to, it's 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 like choose it's like it's it's really difficult to choose between Mad Booty and Phil Spencer as I am a big fan of both for <laughs> sure. Uh, I I will say that uh, the uh, the quote that Mad Booty had from uh, our little Project Scarlet conversation with Games Radar was. Uh, was very exciting to say the least, especially as somebody who has written for, continues to uh, host for, and continues to write for uh, such an entity as Xbox. And I got to imagine that for fans of Xbox, somebody who is excited for the the future of all that is next gen consoles. Which can we call that next gen consoles? Like next next gen? Yeah, yeah, like, I think so. Do you know what I mean? Like. Where I mean, Project Scarlet is going to be is going to be epic, and I'm so excited for the next Halo franchise to really make its make its uh, its launch debut and for it to come out with this particular console. Yeah. And uh, and the fact that Matt Booty is so excited about it is just is awesome. Yeah, you're referring to the interview with Games Radar where Matt uh, says that heading into 2020, they're feeling really good, and the goal is to be able to deliver a a game that is an Xbox first party game roughly every three to four months. Uh, He goes on to say, we have a little bit of work to do to get there. It'll be lumpy, but we're closer than we were. And so we feel really good going into 2020 and the run up to project Scarlet with our content lineup. So part of the dig, I think on the, this current generation with, you know, Microsoft versus Sony, the, the console wars, so to speak, is that Sony really, sort of won the first party software battle, if you can say so. Um, Microsoft didn't have as many first party exclusives and they seem to have really doubled down for the next cycle and purchased a bunch of studios and are really trying to pump out that first party content. And it sounds like they're hoping to have every three to four months, a new game, which sounds to me like a new game on Xbox Game Pass every three to four months, which is pretty exciting. Do you think this will tip the scales or be useful for Microsoft going into this next console cycle? So here, here's what I will say. Um, I, 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 I think at the end of the day, the console wars are such like, it's, it's, both, it's both complete reality and also completely ridiculous all at the same time. I think you can so agree. True. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so many people like that are like so into this console war thing. And at the end of the day, it's like, we're either all losers or we're all winners and I can't figure out which one. Um, so, <laughs> and like it changes day to day. But either way, right. I will say this, having... And and this is my 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 pseudo insider knowledge, which is going to sound super corny, but I'm going with it. So, and I'm not a good liar, which is another thing that you guys should just know. Uh, having spoken with both Matt Booty and Phil Spencer at different very different levels at different times across the last few years, I can tell you that these guys do not say these things lightly. And I will say that they also are not. I'm sure, as you might imagine, not immune to community calls call outs of what you're mm. talking about that ip right it's like you know when, when are we gonna have like a uh oh my gosh what's it called aloy help me out uh oh, horizon, horizon zero, zero dawn, dawn. Zero right we're, yeah. we haven't had one of those in a while and i'm and i'm and as somebody who just fell in love with that game i i can tell you i i wish we did 
Uh, and by we, I mean Xbox. And I should also mention, as per usual, I don't speak for Xbox. You said freelancer in the beginning, and it's true, and I love it. And I'm there for it, but I'm also a fangirl of Xbox for very specific reasons. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, this is this is one of those things where they're very, very aware of what people are saying, at least to my knowledge. And they also just, they just really want it. They want to believe in it. They want to do right by it. And sometimes it's, you know, a large ship and a small rudder and things can't happen that way. But my God, like, I I, I, I think it's only good. Th- I, I would believe it's only good things. I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Christian, I think Kate brings up a really good point in that, she Certainly. speaks for Xbox officially. <laughs> yeah, in that, in that, yeah, we have. We uh, have thank no you for taking that exactly as I've said. <laughs> uh, I think this last console cycle, PlayStation really had the standout single player, big open world narrative experiences, and it felt like, at least from my perspective, Microsoft was focusing on multiplayer on these mm-hmm. shareable experiences, stuff like Sea of Thieves. Mm. Um, State game, of Decay, State of Decay. Then, yeah, yeah, lots of lots of great games, lots of great experiences, but they seem to all be. Whereas Sony was really all in the same wheelhouse of you know big narrative, open worldy kind of experience. God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. uh, you know the list goes on and on. Spider Man. Um, whereas Xbox just felt like they were doubling down on the things the Xbox 360 was known for, which is community multiplayer um you know your friends list that kind of thing do you think you'll we'll see that pendulum swing the other direction next gen is that should we should we hope for that or or do you think xbox should stick with what brung them to the dance i don't know i'll be honest with you i feel like i I, this is going to sound a little bit cheesy but i'm gonna say all of the above and i think it's because it's it's game pass has been such an epic thing for us as or for xbox as an entity and i think at the end of the day there's a reason that they talk about numbers here every three or four months a new title that's 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 a lot like let's be clear like i don't care who you are that's a ton so i think while they're being strategic as as you would expect a large ship with a small order to be, I also think that they have a real desire to do something that the fans are going to want. I mean, nobody wants to hear negative things, right? You nobody nobody wants to hear like the same like the broken record over and over again. To your point, so I from and again, this is my non insider knowledge that I'm going to say out loud because I you know the the. The knowledge I've gotten from writing inside Xbox with a host of other people that are there as well as hosting it, um, I, I just I just will tell you that there are fans through and through, and they really, really want to get it right. I mean, God, like, we're talking about age four coming out here in the next few months. I mean, like, I just, I, I don't know. I, it, it's hard for me to say because at the end of the day, it's like, this is a this is a gaming entity that genuinely wants to do as well as they can, and they also don't want to... I don't know. I guess they don't want to. They don't want to disappoint the people that have been potentially disappointed in the past. And I and I, it's it's not mm. just just from my understanding and just from the people and the conversations that I have had, whether they be perf- like um like impromptu or not, like they get it. And and I and I think that at the end of the day, they just want to. They just they just really want to do right by fans. So well, my my hope and honestly. What my gut is telling me is that is that we're going to see sort of an across the board situation, whether all of them lands. Maybe it's a little bit like network TV, right? It's like you're coming into this pilot season yeah. and we're going to find out if, you know, 50 percent of things are going to go well or 50 percent or not. I don't know if that's the right percentage, but 
because I'm not in TV, obviously. But um, I, I can imagine that if you look at it from that perspective and you just see what sticks, then, you know, Microsoft might do a might do a pretty good job here with this next generation of uh, yeah. narratives and next generation of uh, games in general. Vidja games. Right. Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to stop doing what they're doing, but I, I do think that we are going to see a, a focus or a, an attempt to focus on, or highlight some of these bigger narrative games. And I think, you know, Gears of War 5 is a big single-player experience game that also has a heck of an awesome multiplayer experience attached to it. But it's I think it's easy to look past some of the releases that Microsoft has had in this console generation Um and I think what Sony did a really good job on is capitalizing on a couple of their big hits. And cause you're like, Oh, they, they had all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horizon zero dawn, mm-hmm. God of war, Spider-Man, you know, all of them, <laughs> those three. And well, all I mean, the was days gone, which, you know, w- w- say what you will about sure. how good that came out. It was, it was another of those kinds of games. Uh, the, the looming specter of Last yes. of Us 2 hanging mm. over everything. Ghost of Tsushima, another game that hasn't come out yet, but is in that yes. same vein. It just seems like there's a theme. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. And there is. And I think Sony has done a good job marketing to that theme and capitalizing on that theme. Um, so I think we, I, I expect to see Microsoft do some of that going forward with their next console. And I think launching with Halo is a big step in that right direction. I also think, I think it was Casey Asante in the chat mentioned this uh, in terms of like what the Xbox's dashboard looks like now. I think if anything, this console generation has shown Microsoft's flexibility. Like how much has changed from what the Xbox One launched as and how the console, the dashboard looked and the types of games that were coming out for it then to now at the end of its lifespan with things like Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, uh, how it goes across mm-hmm. onto PC, Play Anywhere titles, the um, and all of that. And meanwhile, the PlayStation 4 has largely been doing the same thing. And I love my PS4. I love the games that have come out for it. But I think Xbox has shown a willingness to be flexible and nimble in a space because they are hungry to reclaim some of that lost territory. I think nothing is better for the industry than true competitors and a second place that's hungry to be first again. Right. I mean, that's what happened last gen. I just packed up my PS (laughs) three RIP. You still work, but I just put you down into the basement next to the Wii U. I needed to free up some, uh, (laughs) some space. Uh, But you know, it was fun to see that, that switch of roles from generation to generation. I'm curious to see who grabs the flag first going forward next year. I'm excited to see the Pixar short of your PS3 and the Wii, you know, the Wii down there in the basement. Like, oh, hey, newbie, how's it going down here? You know. Well, actually, I mean, that's cute. I don't think we're going to do that. I would love that, but actually, I sold the book rights to Blake. You guys kept mentioning Conquer War so much, so he reached out. He's going to write a book about it. It's going to be great. Fair point. Absolutely. Yeah, I was. I was going to say you. You you brought up an interesting thing there, Christian, about um, uh, Gears Five is a great example. I think of the uh, an incredible campaign that's based on a, a, a tried and true franchise that Microsoft has been um, perfecting in over obviously five different uh, generations. So I, I, it's maybe that's a that's a head nod, a head fake in that direction. But either way, chin chin, excited for the next generation. I am too, and I and I take this quote as the perfect strategic play uh, if they really can deliver mm-hmm. on every three to four months a, a brand new first party title. I think that is exactly what you want if 
the thing you are mostly championing is Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what I want. I The idea that there'll be a new, juicy, interesting thing popping up in Game Pass, alongside all the other third-party stuff that make up the 100 or so games in Game Pass that are constantly rotating, but there's some new day-and-date thing that's going to hit the market and be there as part of my subscription is a pretty wonderful thing. It's why I maintain a subscription to Netflix. It's because there's these new things that keep popping up. I got to watch The Irishman. I got to watch the new season of Stranger Things. I got to watch the the next thing that's going to be up. What's up this month? What's up this month? And I think that's how you maintain an energy in a subscription service. One wonders if something like Stadia will have that kind of tempo, will have that kind of cadence with releases. I suspect it won't be the case. And I think Microsoft uh, maintaining that kind of cadence will be key in making it feel like the market leader and, and an essential subscription that you will want to have, or at least I will want to have all year round. Yeah, it's a compelling argument. Um, and I think phrasing it as every three, a, a new first party game every three to four months is a really smart way to phrase it versus we hope to have three games out next year. Very different <laughs> phrasing. Yeah. Right? Oh, math makes it seem less exciting. <laughs> well, be, but it, it does. But also, because that could be like, oh, two drop in November and one's in January, right? So right. like framing it as this seasonal thing, there's going to be another exciting game to, to, that's coming out. I think is much smarter than like, yeah, next year we're going to do three, maybe four games. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good not point. exciting. So <laughs> I, I hope they're able to deliver on a regular cadence because that is what yeah. keeps you, you know, coming back for more and at least che- checking in. Whether or not you play it or not, you check in to see what else is there and what people are talking about. Yeah. And certainly won't be the only games coming out for Xbox. It's just these, you know, exclusives, right. which are interesting. All right, Christian, what is your story of the week? Well, mine's another math story, unfortunately. We talked about it last week. Uh, I'm still a, a, I'm still a fan of Stadia. I'm still looking, to, looking forward to Darksiders here in just a couple of days um, coming to the service. But you had mentioned that uh, 4K HDR is what you're paying for. Yep, and edited it out because what of expletives. <laughs> yeah. What you're getting? Yeah, <laughs> and they have um, Google has a, a explained the performance issues, and I can let you do the details if you like, Jeff. But the long and short of it is, um, hi devs, here's this bus push, right? <laughs> yeah, it didn't well, feel first of great. All, the first of all is that I what I texted you when the story hit last week was. Nanny nanny boo boo. I ain't crazy. <laughs> it seems like they're they were confirming exactly what my anecdotal experience and my you know my bare two eyes were telling me. Yeah, I just said you lost a retina. There's no way you can tell the difference. I know I you were insulting my ability to to tell. You were claiming that Destiny Two doesn't support HDR. Yeah, I don't know. I like I like a Mustadia. <laughs> uh, but no, it sounds like the, the the Google team is like yeah. Uh, that whole 4K 60 FPS thing, not our fault. We'd oh. love to give it to you. In fact, we're giving you a 4K image. It's just those pesky devs, <laughs> those pesky, pesky devs uh, who don't want to com- you know, comply, which it seems like, hey, if you're the people charging the 10 bucks a month to get the 4K 60 FPS in HDR, sure seems like maybe you should get on the same page with the devs and be like, hey – Tell me, like, have an asterisk next to the game, like, like yeah. the way Xbox and PlayStation Four, like, enhanced for Pro, better on X. Like, tell me. Yeah, let me read the exact quote because we're being snarky about it. But 
you know, it's it, to be fair, uh, the exact quote is Stadia streams at 4K and 60 FPS, and that includes all aspects of our graphics pipeline from game to screen, GPU, encoder, and Chromecast Ultra, all outputting at 4K to 4K TVs with the appropriate internet connection. Developers making Stadia games work hard to deliver the best streaming experience for every game. Like you see on all platforms, this includes a variety of techniques to achieve the best overall quality. We give developers the freedom of how to achieve the best image quality and frame rate on Stadia, and we are impressed with what they have been able to achieve for day one. We expect that many developers can, and in most cases will, continue to improve their games on Stadia. And because Stadia lives in our data centers, developers are able to innovate quickly while delivering even better experiences directly to you without the need for game patches or downloads. So that sounds to me like we're just as surprised as you are, uh, honestly. Or it means that like the Linux or whatever OS they're using is more complicated than it would be to port the game. Because these are all games that, well, all, I mean, Destiny and Red Dead 2 are games that run in 4K, you know, like there's versions of those games that exist, right? It's not as if they went and like, yeah, we ported Halo 1 and it doesn't quite look as good, you know? Right. It doesn't make any sense to me if they're giving you a 4K image over the internet, why it wouldn't render that way on their side, why the developer would be like, yeah, let's not do that. If it's pushing the kind of horsepower that they claim it is, it all it, it's, it all sounds very strange. And I, I certainly don't buy the, hey, developers can and in most cases will continue to improve their games. Just wait longer. They'll it'll get better, and I'm sure it will get better over time. I can't imagine we're going to get a bunch of Destiny two patches on Stadia to make it up to HDR 4K. Maybe we will. Maybe I'm being cynical, and I shouldn't be, but it just seems like that ship has sailed a bit. Uh, and maybe we'll see better implementation in future titles that are added to the service. But for now, I still feel like that Founders three months of 4K included is no value. I have no value for that because I'm not actually getting what I thought I was getting. Kate, what are your thoughts about this? I'll tell you something. Here's my thing. I, I, I like to think of myself as an early adopter in some areas and as a wait and seer in others. And this feels like a wait and seer. In fact, I was just looking at the chat and there was somebody, I'm trying to remember who it was that was saying this in the chat just now that they were like, yeah, I'm not sure if I got what, here it is. I look forward to checking out again when it officially releases, but like Jeff, I wasn't getting what I paid for, so I'll wait. I, I don't know. I mean, the reality is that I think that I'm, I'm, I applaud Google for the effort. I applaud them for what they're doing. I'm going for it. Let's go 4K. Let's go 60 FPS. But like, I, I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, I think is maybe the, the better word there. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I felt bad being cynical like that, but I'm also like, you know, we've all been burned by the first gen of something, right? And I think at the end of the day, I'm going to... No, I have well, not. And my Kinect <laughs> sitting next to me tells me... Oh, yeah, Let me just talk to my Zoom about this for a second. Yeah. <laughs> just... They're all down in that Pixar short with say, your Wii and your if PS3. This does, if, if this Pixar short does not happen, and if it is not nominated <laughs> for an Academy Award next year, I will be very upset right now. If it is not featured in yeah, the Yeah, but I'll lose to Kobe Bryant. I'm just saying, all you got to do is claymation that... Get that Pixar yeah. money. Send it over to Jeff. We're Keely. the island of misfit electronics. <laughs> I love this idea, and I think this could definitely open the Game Awards next year. I think you just get Jeff on the phone and say, yeah. "Listen, the other Jeff, the Geoff, 
uh, and say, listen, yeah. buddy, we we're we're talking about some real solid things here that everybody can get behind. Uh, yeah. Remember when you had the heads of Microsoft, Sony and Xbox <laughs> together on stage? That. Well, this year. You can have Christian's old consoles. You know, there's more that Imagine unites than divides, Christian. More that unites than divides. And I think this is accurately what's going to showcase that this year. <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, we're down one of those heads. Oh, yeah, I can't even. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I honestly, like, I, I'm like, I, I really want a lot of it. Like, I really want it, too. But I think, you know, it's, it's you know, it's. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And I I wish you could have uh, sent a message back in time to, you know, three months ago, me, who was like, I'm a founder. Look at me. Uh, Did instead, you return you know, yours, Jeff? I didn't. I haven't. I'm not. I literally got on the website to return it. And I was like, um, who am I kidding? I'm not. I'm not going to do it. The idea of of actually packing it all up and schlepping to the I'm telling you, you know what? You are the best. First of all, Christian's going to die. So number one, yes. Number two, just kidding, Christian. But I will say number two, you're the best kind of per- a gamer. You're the best kind of techie. You're the hopeful techie. You know the one that says, I'm "Let's so go hopeful. there. Let's let's bushwhack. Let's find ourselves in the in the weeds and see if we can't make our way out." I, I'm 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 all for it. I like your. I like you qualifying it as hopeful because someone call it stupid or naive. You know, you say potato. Uh, so, <laughs> right. Uh, I will also say that there is a part of me, you know, and and people said this at the time, and even at the announcement that Google is can be a bit fickle when it comes to supporting initiatives, mm-hmm. and the idea of well, everybody should wait until they fix it. It feels like if nobody's using it now. I, I would love to see their numbers as to how many people are playing Destiny 2 on Stadia right now because I, I don't know who's using this right now. And I, I fear that they will look at it and be like, oh, this was an experiment that didn't work out and let's hop away from it. And again, everyone told me this, uh, told both of us this, Christian, as we – you know, ramped up our excitement for what this could be that, Oh, Google isn't the company. Cause you know, there's half a dozen examples of things that Google introduced that everybody actually thought was cool. And then they're like, yeah, we don't want to do Google phone anymore or Google hangouts or any of the stuff that you guys like. Um, so I think that's a genuine possibility, especially when people are like, well, we got to wait and see on this thing or yeah. it's I not, you know, this will have not- a longer shelf life. Yeah. Uh, they just made a couple of hires yeah. Um, to join Jade Raymond Studio over there, yeah. so they're working on that. Big um, yeah, yeah. I have a I'll have a whole Google Wave thread about this that you can join and follow <laughs> along. Yeah, but I yeah. I think I think this is a little uh, to call it a Trojan horse is maybe disingenuous, but I think that this is a larger product initiative for them sure. than something like Google Reader, which was a fantastic reader. Nothing is going away until the U- full YouTube integration launches because that's – I think that's the end game. That's that's the Avengers end game of this whole thing is when you, when you can watch YouTube and in one click join the YouTuber's game or download that game and play it immediately – not even download it, but just start playing the game that you watched on YouTube instantly. I think that will be a real game changer and of course – you know, Twitch and Amazon are hoping to do this as well. And I think that's the world we're going to live in. And so, you know, it's not going to go away before that happens for sure, but I hope they get their act together and make a service that actually lives up to the, to the promise before then. 
I want to yeah. live in that world. Yeah, I think we're all gonna. I think it's inevitable. So, I, hope I think so. it's coming. Per chat, Sector 7, according to Forbes, like an older article, PC had about 500K, PlayStation 4, 450, Xbox 300, 1,000, uh, Stadia, 19,000. 19,000. De- Destiny 2 players. That's not too shabby for a, a launch, but I wonder if that was like right at launch week. Well, that's also 19,000 compared to 300,000. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think they sold 300,000 Stadias. Correct. You know, I don't think right. that there are 300,000 founders. That's a lot of founders. Yeah. Well, even... there's two. <laughs> there's two. <laughs> there's barely two. I haven't, I haven't turned it back on since that experience. Like, why? What? Give me a reason. You already put your brick in the wall, Jeff. You're a founder. I'm I'm curious. If you don't mind me turning the tables for a second, what was your, and and I've listened to you guys before. I'm curious, what was your desire when you went, is it just the latest thing and that's why you went for the founder stadia stuff? Or is it, was it something deeper? Was it something bigger, better? Well, Christian really believes in this. This is, and I'm trying to fill a hole in my heart. Yeah. Well, Well, sure. Aren't we all? We're both in the whole heart filling business. (laughs) For me, things that fill holes in my heart are new, shiny things that seem exciting. And I like being, I like being, you know, I like being on the cutting edge and I like having my own opinion about things. And if I had heard somebody say, you know, it's, it's not that great and somebody else say it's good, I go, well, what would I think? So Mm. 130 bucks, you know, I've definitely jumped in it much more expensive, uh, much riskier things as well, because I'm not very smart. Um, but, uh, but 130 bucks felt like not terrible as a, mm-hmm. as a gamble. And, um, you know, I secured my, my sweet gamer tag name, I guess that's a thing. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really care that much about that, but that's you know, I felt, I felt like the process I went through of, do I return this thing? I, I went, you know, there's probably going to be a day when I'm going to want to have an opinion about this again, and I'm going to have to go through all this process again. And I, but you I've might got, not. That's the thing. You might. might you won't not. need the controller. I you don't play it at 4K. Yeah, it's it's all set up. Who's Anna? Yeah, but Kate, I'm I still believe in the promise of the premise of the promise, and same with Project X Cloud. Um, I've still yet to spend a lot of time with it after mm-hmm. they've updated the games because I've been away and whatever. But um not with a, an Android device that is at my office. Um, I'm, I'm ready for that to roll out to iOS and I'm ready for Stadia to move to iOS. And then I think I will put them through much more <laughs> hellish oh, yes. experiments and see how they work. I hope so. That sounds like a, that sounds like an experiment. I'm, I'm excited to hear more about from your end. Yeah, me too. My story of the week this week is uh, something that Kate obliquely referred to at the top. And it's our friend, Phil Spencer, from Xbox. Uh, and I, I had to do this as my story of the week because so many people sent me the story. I got millions of tweets when this sort of hit the, the major news sites. Uh, the, the big marquee quote saying that the next generation Xbox, that's Scarlet that we talked about a little bit already, ain't going to have any VR because, quote, the vast majority of our customers know if they want a VR experience. Uh, there's places to go get those. And we see volumes of those on PC and other places. We're responding to what our customers are asking for and dot, 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 nobody's asking for VR. (laughs) So, of course, as somebody who is a big VR proponent and believer Mm -hmm. in that tech, um, I was deluged with people like, hey, look, he's slagging on VR. And I get where he's coming from on this, but it just seems like a very, very weird 
time to be saying that after Half-Life VR was announced. And another story this week, which is Index is sold out in two countries because uh, so many people want to get on board. You know, the idea that nobody is asking for VR. Well, Phil, here's Mm. me standing in the rain asking for (laughs) VR. You know, if you need someone to ask, here's me holding up the boom box at your window asking for VR because... Quick, quick pause there. Did you see friend of the show and uh, good dude? People know and love aside from the show. But did you see Paris's tweet to Phil and Phil's reply? No. So Paris tweeted, "I don't think the issue is Xbox focusing on building up their games lineup. It was a way VR was dismissed as a novelty not worthy pursuing when it's clear that there is a huge AAA investment by Valve Sony Oculus. In my opinion, to say it's not our focus now, but we're leaving the door open." Phil's reply. Fair feedback. I've said publicly, I love how our industry has pioneered AI, physics, 3D, ray tracing, VR, AR, etc. For us, it's about focus on our innovations right now. I've played some great games. Now he throws in a humble brag. I got to play Half-Life Alex in the summer. Amazing. It's just not our focus with Scarlet. It seems like they could be the console that has the next Half-Life game if they wanted to. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And they had that partnership with Oculus. Uh Valve is okay with supporting anything that'll play that game. They just want it out there. They're open. Um, you know, that's part of their their cultural identity at this point. It, it just seems like a missed opportunity from a business perspective. And I get it, you know, selling your own peripheral is problematic and requires investment. But you don't have to just support tethered with oculus quest how cool and would that, that was their be? approach on pc right they had the yeah. open vr headset approach on pc and i think there's room especially now without needing lighthouses room to like any inside out tracking headset can work on scarlet you know like just like yes, why not yeah. there's no reason not to it seems to me and yeah it seems like a dig on the tech when it is i think at a time when it is more desired than it has ever been because of half-life so I don't know. Kate, I don't know how you feel about VR, but I was predicting that we were going to get VR announcements for Xbox One. Yeah. And now it sounds like it's yeah. not even going to happen for Scarlet or whatever that ends up being called. The thing is, is that uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Connect uh, situation. Oh, yes. Um, of course. How could you not? That's fair. I still have um, my Connectimal think... uh, plushie. So yeah. do I. I figure it's going to be worth yeah. something someday. <laughs> So, right know, with we'll your Stadia controller, <laughs> put that on. You know what? Find a find a find a wall. Get some of those like hangable shelves and just really do a job of like <laughs> worst best. Here's here's my thing about about that and about what he's saying. I I I think if I were to look at this from Kate's perspective here, I'll say that I remember what it was like when Connect came out, even the second generation of Connect. And how it was going to revolutionize the way that we game, right? It, quote unquote. Let's let's be clear. I, I also remember the burn that came after that. The burn that came after the potential of really forcing the issue of next gen gaming at that level. Um, the the idea that I'm going to take my controller, I'm going to lean in, and the computer, the the Kinect's going to see me lean in. It's going to use that physicality, and it's going to increase the intensity on my boss battle. You know what I mean? So that's. So, so I, I also remember the just the the, the all out slaughter that happened after that kind of a thing. So it wouldn't surprise me if 
they looked on VR. Unfortunately for Jeff, I apologize for this, even though it's so not my thing. Because I do enjoy VR, even though it does definitely usually make me nauseous. But that's on me. <laughs> my point is, is that I, I can see them having a a sour taste in their mouth still from a time when they tried to push the envelope that way. I, I to be honest with you, though, it is a next gen console, so I, I, Jeff, I'm with you. Like if they if they don't have something that's you know, coming at this as, as even on an enabling factor for a third party, like it, it does feel like a missed opportunity, but at the same time, it's like, I could see them trying to just, you know, perfect the things that they, that are, that they can do and, uh, and, and leaving the rest up to other people. I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you. I wish I had some sort of cool insider knowledge, but at the end of the day, like VR still eludes me a little bit, if I'm being completely honest, um, and, uh, and, and I, I basically just look for, you know, whatever Jeff tells me to, uh, in terms of VR, uh, gaming oriented kind of stuff. So, well, I'm very pleased that Sony seems to be sticking to, to their guns and thinking about VR for PlayStation five, you know, obviously it's going to be backwards compatible with current PSVR and, uh, there's no it announced plans of updating the actual headset, which I hope changes. I hope that actually happens at some point, but you know, I'm hoping I, I, again, I'm Pollyanna about all this for sure. And I've been predicting the rise of VR for years. So I know everybody listening is taking this with a grain of salt, but it really does seem like with valves, big marquee game here with PlayStation five still supporting VR. I th- I think then over the next three to five years, VR can really grow and can really become a much more mainstream thing. I mean, anecdotally, so many people I know on Twitter told me they picked up PlayStation VR over Black Friday because it was on deep discount. A lot of people are grabbing Oculus Quest because now the the link will allow them to play stuff like Half-Life Alex on their PCs. I, I think this is, we're kind of turning a corner a bit and I'm I'm sad that Microsoft is so publicly and unequivocally saying we're not we're not joining that party so it just bums me out i get it i totally get it all right well um let's not leave the the news segment on a completely down note i just want to bring up (laughs) a couple of fun stories just because hey it's a fun time of year and i caught a couple of these fun stories just be i thought it'd be fun to bring them up yeah Uh, People are finishing games with weird controllers again, and I always love these kinds of stories. Uh, two of them popped up just this mm-hmm. week. Uh, I guess it's because people are on you know breaks from school and work, and so they have more time to to do and you know, invest in these kinds of things. Although some of these folks are doing this year round. Anyway, there is a story about uh, Super Lewis sixty four finishing Halo three on Legendary using only a Guitar Hero controller, which is bonkers. And another one, uh, a fella, what is his name? Um, I don't have his name listed here. Anyway, uh, defeating the Blue Lionel in Breath of the Wild using a dance pad. Uh, So, crazy or crazy like a fox? Kate, what do you think? Oh, my God. Let me just tell you, these are my people. I love these. I love this. At the end of, it's like thinking outside the box. Literally, I am such a big fan. I was watching this a, a couple of times over and over, and, and I will say, great time to try to get into Halo Three right now, just for the record. Um, but also, like, like 
come on. This kind, this takes a special kind of human. Yes. A special kind of person. Masochist. And you know what? God, <laughs> like, right? Like, let's, you know, but I'm here for it. I want them to do more things. Yeah. I, I want them to, like, paint their way through uh, Breath of the Wild. I, 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 want, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm like, just, is there a, is there a, a, a flute or a lute or something yeah. else? I mean, I just, I'm here for it all. Like, yes, ingenuity. These are the people, side note, these are the people that are going to, like, cure diseases someday or or well maybe they won't because they're playing this game. But <laughs> right, either way yeah. i'm gonna be tickled pink and i am excited i'm i'm i truly am these people are like i said these are my clan these are my tribe yeah i dig this stuff too it's it's bonkers and weird but i love it you know it's like uh trick shots in basketball yeah. or, or billiards or something where you know it's like how did you even come up with this and then what it took to just pure human tenacity to stick with it long enough. Christian, it's inspiring, right? It is the season to be inspired. It's inspiring to have uh, someone play guitar through Halo and Legendary. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this whole podcast on rock band drums, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> that explains the headache I have every time you talk. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I gotta tell you, it's it's like... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm gonna real quick say a fangirl thing for a second, but it's really fun to be in the middle of this and actually be able to have you guys hear what I'm saying to the to the, the screen because oftentimes it's just me on the bus or walking my dog giggling incessantly at you two going at each other so kudos super psyched well let me let me help out on my part then too go, thank you Christian go Continue. potty go potty uh, 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 uh. go potty come, come on go potty this is upsetting because she's actually listening <laughs> no 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 Xbox Whoa. off um <laughs> I, I do. I love this stuff. I think my personal favorites are always something like a Guitar Hero controller. Like I like the big physical ones. I'm always impressed by like blindfolded or cross, like hands crossed and stuff like that. But I love DVR mats. I love instruments. That stuff is 100% my jam. And especially watching people play games on a harder difficulty than I play them with their regular controller. <laughs> yeah. Dude couldn't aw- aim. Awe-inspiring. Literally could not aim because there's no analog sticks on the guitar hero controller could not aim and played it on legendary evidently halo 3 the hardest halo legendary mode uh, i wasn't even aware of that before reading this but that's yeah. known uh and uh yeah people have a hard time there's a very small percentage of people that beat halo 3 on legendary at all let alone without the ability to aim that's uh insane. I mean, to be fair, I also can't aim, uh, according to what people tell me on Fortnite, but um <laughs> it's not the controller's fault. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about the games that we have been playing. But first, I need to thank our first sponsor, which is Squarespace. I love Squarespace. Oh my gosh. I've been using Squarespace for so long. I do enjoy it. It is uh how I made JeffCanada.com. It is what I recommend to anybody in my life that needs a website. And let's face it, we all need websites at some point or another. If you're looking to turn a cool idea into a website or showcase your work or blog or publish content, even if you want to sell something or promote a real world business, you got to have a website. And often people are intimidated. It's not easy to make a website, learn HTML or worse, you hire somebody and it costs a lot of money and you're not really sure what you're going to get. Squarespace lets you build it yourself. You can do it. Make it yourself and make it beautiful because you can just slide things around. Use the the really cool tool set that Squarespace has available to make your website fast and easy. You start with one of their award-winning templates. 
and you just start messing with stuff. Drag and drop puts things where you want. It's all so simple and it turns out so beautifully. You can try it yourself without even having to give them a credit card. Plus, they've got built-in search engine optimization. They've got analytics to help you grow your business in real time. There's never anything to patch or upgrade ever. It's great. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. So cool. Plus, they've got 24-7 award-winning customer support if you ever run into any problems. I love Squarespace. I am so easily recommend it to everyone because it's just the best. It's just the best. Make it yourself. Head over and check out squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. Get yourself that free trial. Build your website. Don't even give them a credit card. Just build it. Make it look how you want. And then when you're ready to launch, use the promo code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me and the promo code Jeff sent me to get up and running on the web. Make it yourself. Make it beautiful. Make it awesome with Squarespace. All right, it's time to talk about the games that we have been playing. Kate, you have been all about that Forza, right? Should I just let you and Christian geek out over Forza for an hour? (laughs) We should. I can't stop, won't stop. I I, I, admittedly, this is an occupational hazard. Uh, I did just uh, a humble brag incoming uh, co-host the um, Forza Racing Championship Grand Finals in Los Angeles last weekend. So obviously I got excited and I went back to a little Motorsport 7 even though I've been playing Horizon 4 like it was my job, which sort of it is. Um, <laughs> well, hey, before you even go any further, I'd love to hear what the the finals was like. What What is uh, the environment like for a racing game final? How did it go? What was the final match like? Tell me, tell me the lowdown. Dude, it was great. Okay, so here's the thing about the Forza Racing Championship that I, I find really interesting. Um, we've got a front runner that, will, that has basically yet to be upended has yet to be ousted his name is Lage. he's he plays for red bull racing the red bull racing team is made up of box venom and Lage. you these are names you don't necessarily need to know other than the fact that they cannot be beat um and yet basically there was this what ended up being sort of a a race to the second which we thought was just going to be a race to the second which ended up being possibly a race to the first and then it ended up being literally a race to the second but the point is is that it, it it was really interesting because we had on one side the Forza Racing Championship happening um, with us in Los Angeles. And at the other side, uh, the Gran Turismo, was it Gran Turismo? Yep, GT, um, over in Monaco, which our, my good friend Julia Hardy was also hosting as well. And Lamborghini was sponsoring both events. Um, and, and, and it was really interesting to see sort of the racing, the digital racing community come out in droves. Um, I will say that, it is kind of fascinating to see these teams on land. These are teams that have been working for um, between eight and 10 weeks, uh, depending on whether there's a last chance qualifier situation, um, trying to get to the top of the podium, trying to get to the top of the leaderboards. And it's, it's fascinating whenever you get teams that are, online to come in and see it's land tournaments, right? You guys have been to those esports tournaments. 
Um, right. And, and, and anytime you come into the, the other thing is that obviously, you know, can imagine is that Forza and by, by extension, turn 10 and Microsoft Xbox, they do a great job of these events. So the entire, uh, arena, which is actually more of a studio was tricked out completely. If I were having to play and let's be clear, my dexterity is not great. <laughs> I love playing because I love playing. Like it's, it's my thing. However, if I had to play under those bright lights, mm. I don't, I don't, I couldn't. That's, I'm just going to put it out there right now. Could not happen. But I will say it was, it was really beautiful and it was incredible. It was sort of like, if I can be poetic for a moment, gentlemen, uh, it was a little bit like hearing Shakespeare the way it was meant to be done. Wow. Anytime you see people that can truly, and I'll tell you something, this Lage guy is French. He was originally on G2, but now he's over on the Red Bull racing team originally. Um, and, and so now it's a team sport. The Forza uh, Racing Championship is this year, which was also an interesting dynamic. Um, I will say that watching this guy not be beat time and time again, you're like, is he a bot? That was, <laughs> I, I, in, in fairness, I felt bad about this, but I genuinely, when he was hoisting that trophy, I was like, hey, listen, I, the rest of the world wants to know, are you a bot? And he got really embarrassed, which is totally fair. Smoke started coming out of his ears. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, I did pour water on him, but that's pretty much just protocol. But the thing is, is that anytime you're around people that play the game in such a beautifully, like, suave way, like, it, it, it was just, it was fantastic to watch. Do these players... Do these players use a controller or do they like have they racing use, wheels and that's the, and that's the big difference between us and Gran Turismo, right? Is that we use, uh, we use controllers, we use Xbox controllers or guitar um, hero guitars, obviously the guitar hero <laughs> controllers or the dance mat, either or both are, apl- both are acceptable. Um, Really, if they could use the Guitar Hero uh, microphone, that would be the real. <laughs> Just sing your way. I will say what was what's what's great about about these racing games is that the the people behind them are so gearhead oriented. They're so like we must get these details correct. So we had a number of times where, where the 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 director um, potted down our our casters, had them pause for a second so all we could hear was these the sweet sweet sound of that lamborghini engine and it was it and and that's pretty fun but in that's really the big difference between us and gran turismo is that forza you play with those controllers gran turismo you're playing in sleds you're playing with those with those those racing wheels as well so i you know it's it's definitely something that people have said like hey why don't you play with racing wheels Uh, that's that's a fair question um but we've just gone or i should say forza has just gone with the uh the controllers and personally i still find i mean i I still find it to be riveting, yeah. and and uh, and it was also great because you have all of these different cultures coming in. Um, we had Brazilians from FRF. We had, you know, obviously the French uh, par- portion from uh, Red Bull Racing. Um, you had people from all over the world come together, and the fact that they could also communicate in a team oriented track tournament was was pretty impressive considering how many languages were being spoken yeah i i hosted a thing a promo thing for the expansion to forza that was the the bringing in nascar stuff oh and, yeah 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 and okay. for that uh i we went and uh hung out with this actual nascar driver i uh, i'm not a racing guy so i it was all but it was really fun and the thing that was crazy to me is how the skills in real driving totally applied and he was amazing oh, yeah. of course he literally never picked up a controller and played before but he was incredible because it was the same principles at play so i i say that because i'm so curious if the reverse is true if this lage guy oh. got behind the wheel of an actual car does he own at real driving 
He, I, that's a great question. I don't even know if he owns a car, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. As somebody who doesn't, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I will say that it would not surprise me. Uh, I, I, so you've done stuff for them. Uh, so do you remember when they did um, the expansion for Lego? Well, actually, no, not Lego. Sorry, let me back up. For Hot Wheels. Do you remember how the Hot Wheels expansion? Yeah, Christian went bonkers oh, for that one. First of all, Christian is the right person to say bonkers because that's rad. <laughs> it was awesome. And um, we did the, a thing with them uh, at the Peterson for that. Uh, Tanner Faust, professional driver, all around, uh, 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 you know, him and Ken Block are pretty much my, like, actual driving idols. That and Verena May, if I'm being completely honest, but whatever. Um, and so uh, he he got into that he got into that game so fast and what's funny is that we had this we had this whole big party right this big launch event at the peterson in los angeles an incredible place um and he comes in and he goes and he, he races somebody first time and he gets the first the, he gets the podium he gets the first he eats the highest uh, rate or whatever it is the highest or the lowest score you know what i'm talking about i'm using words uh <laughs> he has the lowest time then somebody beats him. He comes back and he's like, no, I got to make this happen. Gets right back up on the top of the podium. Then somebody beats him again, gets right back on top. So I, I, if, if to your point, if that is true, there is a very big part of me that would absolutely love, love to see someone like Lage or Box or any of the others just really go at it. Box, I think is actually, I, I, I think he's, I think he's German. So he, he, he should jump on that Audubon like it's his job. <laughs> yeah. Christian, you love Forza, you love cars, you love esports. This feels like something you would you should be watching. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of things I should be watching that uh unfortunately <laughs> I'm not watching. I also thought I was going to start playing Death Stranding before this show. That also did not happen. I have watched some of these. I'll be honest that I've watched more of the Gran Turismo th- uh tournaments That's and fair. I'm not sure if it's because they are using driving wheels. Um but they're also I think Sony um, for a while marketed that competition in a bigger way than Microsoft did, where you would actually win your way on to a actual behind the wheel of a car team. So mm-hmm. I, that and it's different because you are coming from a wheel, but there was, and I don't know how I always say five years, five years ago, there was, <laughs> there was someone who transitioned from a controller in Gran Turismo to behind the wheel. I think it was the, uh, Nissan Z and mm. you, you it takes a, a couple of hot laps to get the hang of like this person mm-hmm. drove before but like oh okay but then yes you know the track you know your apex you know your brake points yep. uh, you know where the weight of the car is going to shift you just have to learn those feelings yep. but once you get a hang of those there there definitely have been examples of people going from the video game to the real world in blistering times around tracks that without those hundreds of hours behind it, they wouldn't be. And, and a lot of uh, automakers and race car drivers use bigger, more expensive simulators than just a console and, and a racing wheel. But they also spend a lot of time in sims to get the feeling for things when they're not actually at the track. So it's a hundred percent, you know, it transitions both ways. And I, and I do, I love, I love a racing game, the competitive scene in it, because it's something that I feel like uh, kind of like I was talking about modern warfare's 2v2 mode is instantly watchable. It's the type of thing that is instantly watchable and understandable for people who don't game. And the graphics of these games look so incredible now um, that I think sometimes this is going to be people are going to stone me for saying this at like actual autosport, but I think sometimes it's more watchable because sometimes it's not as long. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love, I love a good race, 
but sometimes it's like hour three of an open wheel or open cart. <laughs> I'm done, you know? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, and I know, Kate, you also looks like you've been playing some Outer Worlds I have. as well. It's hard not to play. Like That's such an incredible title, an incredible game that I feel like... It yeah, the just, title's a little difficult because of Outer Wilds, but the title... A, 100... <laughs> listen, as somebody who genuinely writes, like, uh, as somebody who gets behind the, the pen and paper for Inside Xbox, I can tell you it's it's very confusing, and it will continue to be confusing. <laughs> um, Outer Worlds is great, is fantastic. I actually, I feel bad because um, I know one of you guys has been playing Star Wars, and I literally downloaded it, it two days ago. I have been... I came back from forza after going from london to forza or to la to and then i came back and i immediately got sick and like the kind of sick where it hurts to look at screens which is by the way the worst kind of sick because i had all of these games ready to go i had i had you know used my little my my i used my uh my not gonna you know what i'm not gonna show for game pass even though it's the best thing ever uh i was gonna say i was using my game pass app to make sure everything was pre-installed but there you go uh so everything was ready to go and i just spent the last couple of days just talking to a tissue about it so um Hmm. all the all the point is is that it is this week i have one job and one job only and it's called uh star wars fallen jedi order nice that's a pretty good job i feel very confident that i can do this i feel very confident (laughs) that i can take the reins and uh and really just do a job with that new lifesaver i'm also very close to being done with that game christian i i believe and so hopefully next week we can do a a fun uh uh, spoiler section. Uh, Has I think anyone I would... done a, a spoiler cast on the name? I don't. I don't mean actual real spoilers, but it's Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. Like, why does the colon come after Jedi? Question. Star Wars. So let's Star look. Wars, let's... And then, and it, there's no comma, but it's just Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order. Well, Star Wars is like uh, above the title. You know what I'm saying? It's not even part of the Star Wars, and then the game is called Jedi colon Fallen Order. Okay. Or maybe the game is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird name. <laughs> Why it would it be just Jedi if Fallen it was, Order? It would be weirder if it was Star Wars colon Jedi colon Fallen Order, <laughs> right? Wouldn't it? That'd be weird. Anyway. I, I like that idea. <laughs> Let's use grammar. Let's really do a job grammar style. We need to start a podcast where we review things based just on the box. We, I've not played this, but look at the weird colon placement. Three out of five. <laughs> Metacritic should definitely have this as a column. I don't know yeah. what they're doing. We could call the podcast um, Book by Its Cover or something like that. You know? Your back of the box quote based on the front of your box. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway. I uh, listen. Christian Spicer, what's on your playlist? More Pokemon. I am back in town now, but I was out and about, and I I did. I really did mean to play, uh, just at least start scratch scratch the scab of Death Stranding. And then what I ended up doing is um, watching Home Alone, um, which I'll get to later. Spoiler. Um, yeah, so Pokemon still is on the road. I'm about twelve hours in. Uh, I am just at the cusp of taking down. Uh, I'm being a little confident here, but the second gym, water 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 um and i still really enjoy the game i think what i am finding very enjoyable about my playthrough of pokemon sword is because i've kind of been traveling while doing the bulk of my playing 
it's forced me to stay off the internet while playing, which oftentimes when I'm playing games, I have internet all around me, um, be it my phone at, at worst or sitting at my computer at best. And I find that being on, on an airplane and kind of place where I don't have my phone or I'm not connected to Wi-Fi, um, playing through Pokemon is, is very nostalgic for me where I am just in playing with my kids. Also, my uh, both my kids love watching me play Pokemon. And my oldest is, you know, a beginning reader and my youngest can't read. So I'm reading it to her uh, and we're going along and I'm letting them make a lot of the choices as to who we battle. And it's fun to kind of see them learning just through repetition uh, the strengths and weaknesses of, of characters and types and how they play. And it's really striking this nice uh, nostalgia chord with me because that's how I learned through these games. And you kind of, the games are meant, the Pokemon games, in my opinion, are meant to be played like the the repetition is is teaching you that loop that this is beats this and this mm-hmm. beats this and this can, is weak to that. And to what this that day, is. you can't spell library, but you can spell Squirtle. <laughs> <laughs> L I S Q. Oh, I messed it up again. Um, yeah, it's but it's it's really nice the way it reinforces its core rock paper scissor gameplay mechanic, and it's certainly not the only RPG that does that. But for me, playing it the way I'm playing it now on Switch, it's it's hearkening back to younger days and and kind of going through that again and seeing it with fresh eyes through my daughters and through myself and lack of internet. And I still, I really enjoy the world that they are crafting and I'm still a big fan of Pokemon Sword. Well, that's awesome. Um, It's cool to make that a multi-generational family affair. Uh, So you're pretty much exclusively playing it docked. Is that what I'm taking from that? No, actually, a lot of handheld mode with two little nugs on both sides of me going, move, I can't see, move, I can't see. <laughs> if only I there was a to... giant television you could play it on. Well, so while I was out of town and on the road last week, I actually looked because of of, of said move, I knew I want to see, I want to see. I looked to buy a dock. I was like, I'm going to buy an extra dock, have it with me. Apparently, they're super hard to find. Like, they're not available. Like, hmm. spare docks don't exist anymore. So, yes, it's it was... too much of a pain to remove your dock from its... I wasn't position. at home. Oh, you just you were traveling without dock and realized I couldn't use a dock. The point of the switch is yes, yeah, I'm not gonna pack my switch and my dock. I might now. It's like a though. metaphor. Yeah, like, what's up, dock? <laughs> yeah, the whole point of the switch. That's funny. It's funny. Hey, actually, real quick, Christian, the the chat wanted to know uh, uh, what was your starter. Yes. Um. Uh. Oh my gosh. Harken uh, uh, back to the days. Gr- uh. Gro- Grookey. Mm. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> I got a I, I got a real strong reaction there from I'm just gonna Google Corky. Yeah, no, Grookey. Are... That's Grookey. fine. Okay. The monkey one, the cute little green monkey. It's on us for asking a question that we had no follow up for, you know? You both could have feigned like, oh like wow, you mean Grookey. You mean brownie cookies? Because that's what comes up when I Google it. <laughs> Never mind. Just kidding. Sorry. Pokemon's awesome. <clears throat> all right po- that's that's your pokemon minute with <laughs> um, sorry gang <laughs> so i've been playing a lot more star wars i'm almost done with it i think um but oh i also you know we're, we're not gonna do a vr segment this week but i do kind of want to know your vr stuff though jeff if i'm being completely honest because you you, you th- okay. there's really only i hate to say this but there's really only one source that i get when it comes to like somebody who's super psyched about the medium 
and it's you. So, all right, you talk me into it. We'll do a VR segment. Uh, let me let me say my uh, my playlist game then first, and then well, I ordered my link cable. I should get it this week, so I'm excited. You did? Nice. Oh, I'm awesome. That's part of my uh, my story. Is 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 that adventure? Anyway. So Disco Elysium, I teased it last week that I've been playing it, played more this week. Um, I think this is an extraordinary game. And I think it's something that everybody who's into video games should play because it is so different and so smart and does such interesting things with mechanics that we are very familiar with and we understand in other contexts, but it, it approaches them in fresh ways and in interesting ways in ways that some tabletop games have done, but I've never really seen a video game do it to this extent. There are and it's games short like- too, right? Like it's easy to just get in and finish. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, um, but the, there are other games that do some psychologically stuff like Disco Elysium does, but nothing to this extent. So, what is this game? It is a chunky role-playing game, real chunky, dense, you know, dice-rolling, statistics role-playing game. Think Baldur's Gate or, um, you know, a top-down, isometric, old-school kind of role-playing game. Think Divinity Original Sin almost. Mixed with, like, an old-school Sierra online game, like uh, the King's Quest or Police Quest, like a, or even Day of the Tentacle or Secret of Monkey Island, an old point-and-click adventure game. It's got some DNA of those games in it as well. Wrapped in a very postmodern, strange narrative that is dark and weird and, and introspective. The idea is you wake up as a character. You get to build your character using an archetype that they suggest or by building it by assigning points like you would in a role-playing game. But whatever it is, you wake up as this character with amnesia that wakes up in this in this trashed apartment and come to find out you're the one that trashed it. And you are kind of a terrible person. Uh, you find out as the game goes how terrible you are, but you're definitely hitting rock bottom. In fact, the entire intro to the game is all about like, hey, do you want to stay dead or wake up? And there's this extended sequence of like, eh, I think I'm going to stay dead. Eh, maybe I'll wake up. It's very interesting. And the game is written in a very flowery prose. Lot, there's lots of reading in this game. This is a game where you spend a lot of time reading text. There's sporadic voice uh, coverage of some of the interactions, but most of the game is not voice acted. Most of the game you just have to read. Uh, so if you're put off by reading, this is not a game for you. But the reading is rewarded because the writing is quite good. It is a maybe a little self-indulgent at times. Uh, it goes really flowery and really weird, but in a, I find it to be very enjoyable and it kept me interested in the world. And it is a fantasy world. It is a world not based on or not set in anywhere that exists. It's very complex. It's, it's got a very complex political system and hierarchy and the city that you explore has all kinds of nooks and crannies and the game explains tons of it to you. But the central, I think, most interesting mechanics to the game are that you are almost never doing any combat. But the things that you are doing in the game work like a role-playing game. So there are skills that you have 
where in more traditional role playing games you would have you know strength and agility and dexterity and things so that you're a you know you can use big weapons or you can use smaller weapons or you can use bow and arrows and stuff in this game it's all psychological aspects of your character so the character i'm playing is very book smart but that means that he is terrible with people so i have as you're in these in these dialogue trees in interrogating people just having conversations with characters you meet in the world or even just interacting with inanimate objects you will have this inner monologue that plays out where elements of your own psyche are giving you information are butting in and making suggestions based on where you put your points where you put your skills so, for example, my guy is very, very book smart and learned. So he has this Wikipedia style, almost a character that pops up and says, hey, you know this about this. You may want to try one of these kinds of angles in your interrogation. Or here's some information about the world that might be helpful for you, helpful for you right now because you have that skill. But – I'm also awful with people. So when I try to do anything that requires charisma or empathy or feeling anything for anybody else, I almost always fail those roles. I'm not able to do those kinds of things. People are off put by me and, and, you know, feel like I'm a, a boor and a, and an oaf. And so there's challenges that come up from that. And, and as I progress in the game and I have points, I can start putting points in, in those things. I can double down on the things that I'm already strong in just like a regular role-playing game, but it's all dialogue based. And it's all this inner monologue where your own mind aspects of your own mind will pop in and help you or comment or change the direction of things you're doing. It's fascinating and super interesting um, in the context of how it all plays out because there are things, there are multiple ways to handle every situation and I can imagine that a differently built character is going to have a wildly different experience going through the world. It's also super strange and the fiction is different than any other game I've played. You know, it's got this, it's disco Elysium. So there's this disco element and music and it's set in, it's a sci-fi sort of steampunky world, but not crazily. So it's, it's like day after tomorrow. It's not far future. It's not crazy steampunk. So it, it feels more like I'm playing a game for today. If I, I put on a tie or a pair of sneakers or something, those have stats on them like you would get in a role-playing game putting on armor. So that's interesting. I, I mean, the game is fascinating and deep. It is also relentlessly melancholy. <laughs> it is sort of depressing and morose on a very fundamental level. And I find that to be a bit of a drawback for me, how the world is a bit dour and mopey and the game itself is as well. And the decisions I'm making and that sort of self-reflection is all about how much this guy hates himself and screws things up all the time. So in that sense, it's like, ah, I, I just wish it was a little cheerier experience being in this, but it's very intentional and it's very crafted to be that but man it is a game unlike anything else i've ever played and i'm really really digging it disco elysium is what it's called yeah it sounds um 
intimidating to me to get into, but everybody that played it, it seems to be blown away by it. And I think to your point, Jeff, or to the game that you strive for, it's not combat focused. Right. Um, which I yeah. think is, it's interesting too. I mean, that I you can punch a little boy in the face. Um, <laughs> so it's not completely nonviolent, but, sure, sure. uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's definitely not combat focused for sure. And, and also to be fair, you probably didn't have to do that, but that's just the Jeff Canato, like sees kid punches kid, right? Yeah. Like the number of times <laughs> I tried to introduce you to my kids and you're just like, punch, punch. Yeah. Um, yeah no, that's true. <laughs> but you know what? They didn't take my Pokemon game away from me, did they? They're just sitting and watching out. <laughs> You're welcome, Christian. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is kind of the reason I'm like that I, I like reporting on or hosting or presenting or writing about video games is, be- is exactly what we just heard. Like, you could not be shut up. And I love that. Like, it, it, it just, <laughs> you got so excited about it. And it's hard not to. And it's, it's, it's really cool to see. So. I'm like I'm genuinely going to check this out simply because you 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 got me on board. I guarantee you it's nothing like anything you've ever played before. And I love that. I mean it's an independent game. It is so it, it really feels confident. It knows what it's doing and it it's doing it very very well. I mean it is it's dark and weird and and kind of gloomy but 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 also fascinating and so and it spins a yarn. You know, you're you are solving a murder. You, the central question of the game is there's someone hanging from a tree behind a bar. Why? How did that happen? What's going on? And the first thing you need to do in the game is cut that body down. But anytime you get close, you might throw up. You know, it's like <laughs> it's a game. It's, that's the kind of game it is, right? This is not something you do in video games. Um, here's a, an email we got uh, about Disco Elysium. This comes from Rob who sent this to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Rob says, uh, I've been meaning to email you sooner about one of the best games of the year, but I believe the Game Awards has beat me to the punch. Nominated for Best RPG, Best Narrative, Indie Game, and First Time Indie Developer, I want to convince you that this title belongs in the Best of the Year list and will hopefully make your End of the Year list. In what other game can you think of where you talk with yourself more than anyone else? Complete a quest to find the perfect karaoke song and all the while try to solve a murder. Disco Elysium puts you into the worn shoes of a has-been detective sent out to investigate a murder only to get drunk, completely forget about it, and have other more competent detectives show up to help you solve the crime. Like equipping a good weapon, you take on personality traits that will help you solve the case. Intellect helps you know where you want to go next, but a good physique helps you break down doors and intimidate a few suspects. With each new skill, there comes a new voice in your head, pushing you in their direction for good or ill. It's a beautiful nightmare of a city that's on the verge of breaking down. Amazing and varied characters dot the landscape. You'll find their stories verging into your own as you look for a killer. The humor is dark, dry, and often a bright spot in this somber tale. Give it a try, and I know it will make your best of the year list. This is your friendly neighborhood indie guy, Rob. Thank you, Rob. I agree with all that. In fact, one of the things I forgot to mention, it's so interesting, is that, yes, you have all these skills that you can put points into, and there's tons of them. I think there's like 18 in total that you can put points into that affect you in various ways. But also there are emerging personality quirks that will come out. Like, for example, because I am who I am and I play video games how I play them where – which is to say I want everyone to like me all the time. I always want to be Captain America when I play video games, which is a whole other psychological profile we could get into someday. Um, but uh, 
uh, I evidently was choosing a lot of dialogue options where I apologize to people. And the game goes, hey, I noticed you've been saying I'm sorry a lot. Are you – what kind of detective are you? Are you a, a sorry detective? Are you like a cool guy detective? And I was like, well, I'm kind of an I'm sorry detective. And it's like, okay, you got a, you got the ability to say I'm sorry. And when you do, you get all these little perks. It's like, what? That's crazy. The game was listening to how I interacted with people and then crafted my character to, to have attributes that were more like the behavior I was – just intrinsically going toward that's the kind of game this is it is really different and really special again it's called disco elysium all right let's thank our second sponsor health iq health iq you know uh, i often start the show uh talking giving a shout out to our geeks and sneaks i didn't do so this week but i should have because geeks and sneaks are awesome geeks and sneaks are folks that Believe their health is important and do a little something about it. Get out there and get going, get moving. And if you are a person that is conscious about your health, that tries to live a healthy life, you should be rewarded, right? If you maybe average eight hours of sleep per night, maybe you eat a quality plant-based diet, maybe you exercise four or more times per week. The things you're doing right to ensure your life is long and healthy, maybe you should be financially rewarded for your commitment to health. That's what Health IQ is all about. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates for people like you, people who actually care about their health and work toward it on their life insurance. So if you need life insurance and you actually live a healthy life, you're doing the, the right stuff. If you're a runner or a cyclist, if you're in a CrossFit like uh, somebody on the show who will remain nameless, or if you're another type of athlete, even if you're just a weekend warrior or you're a vegetarian or a vegan, then you can get better rates on life insurance through Health IQ. Health IQ can save you up to 41% because physically active people have significantly lower risks for heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. And Health IQ is not just a lead generator. They take the customer through the entire process of applying and the policy is underwritten by one of their top insurance partners. But these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. You won't find them anywhere else and you must qualify to get a special rate. So to see if you qualify, go over to healthiq.com slash DLC, take their proprietary Health IQ quiz, and then depending on your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that's healthiq.com slash DLC. Let them know we sent you. That's uh, you got to have that DLC on there so they know it's a good idea to sponsor the show. Then start the process with the Health IQ quiz. There's no commitment, and you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be reported. <clears throat> you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to healthy living. One more time, that's healthiq.com slash DLC. All right, we'll do a little bit of a VR segment because Kate was so nice. And I'll actually, say it again. I'm excited. Let's hear it. Indulge me, me a little bit. I appreciate it. Um, so one of the things that... 
I've gotten a lot this week, what with Black Friday deals and holidays coming up, people thinking about presents, people giving themselves presents, people thinking about jumping into VR, Half-Life on the brain. So many people asking, which headset, which headset, which headset? Christian, I think you and I are on the same page here in saying the easiest recommendation is that Oculus Quest, right? Especially now that Steam Link, or excuse me, that uh, Oculus Link will let you play all of the games, if you have the the powerful enough PC, will let you play all of the games that weren't going to be available for Oculus Quest. Yes, 100%. I have yet to try link cabling myself, but if it works as advertised, then 100% because I think it works great as a standalone headset. And if you're able to then kind of bridge over to that power, if you have the PC, all the better. If you are, I mean, last year, I... If this were if if we were further out from the PS5 coming out, I would say that the PSVR is still a fantastic headset. There are incredible games on it, and there are some really really good um, Black Friday sales or bundles and sales on the headset. I, I just feel like at this point, if you bought one, great, there are great games on it. But at this point, like gun to my head, if I have to pick Quest or PSVR, I would pick Quest if you could afford it. If we were like two years ago, I, I don't think I could pick. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's hard, especially with, um, I think we're, you know, under 200 bucks for PSVR at this point. It's such a good deal. Yeah. And, and you get six VR games, including Astrobot, Resident Evil. I mean, the stuff you want, <laughs> the stuff right. that you It will carry get. you a year. Like yes. that, that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the six games that are in that bundle are like the creme de la creme. And there are, you know, it's hard to say, yes, go and get Quest when I'm telling people you're not going to be able to play Astrobot, which is really one of the best VR games on the planet. Um, that's exclusive to the PlayStation, unfortunately. And there Blood are other- and truth, I don't think it'll make my top five games of the year, but it's definitely one of my favorite experiences of the year. It's incredible. Yeah. Blood and Truth is amazing. Again, another PSVR exclusive. And Sony's got great first-party games in that are available for VR. And when Dreams comes out, it's going to support VR. So there'll be theoretically infinity PlayStation VR games. Did we just talk ourselves out of recommending Quest? Have. It's hard. It's hard. You know, for 200 bucks, people probably already have a PlayStation 4. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be forward compatible to PlayStation 5 by all accounts. It's just hard for me to recommend it in the sense that it's got the worst hand tracking. Mm-hmm. available at this point so it's just so frustrating that that hand tracking is so poor i think the actual display is fine i don't have any problems recommending the display it's not you know it's not valve index but it is perfectly pleasurable it's per it, it, it's perfectly fine um i just it's just the hand tracking that is frustrating and problematic yep yep so uh, I think I think Oculus Quest, what's great about Oculus Quest is you've got that portability where it is a standalone system when you want it to be, when you want to show it off to your friends and bring it with you somewhere. You're going to a, ho- a holiday party and you want to wow everybody with VR. You can bring Quest and you know walk into a, a, a different room and have people play it there or whatever. Uh, you can bring it camping with you and play in the woods or whatever. It, it, it's got that. And now also it plugs into a powerful PC and can play games like Asgard's Wrath and Stormlands and Lone Echo and all those games that Oculus Quest can't play previously or can't play on its own. 
So, I mean, it's pretty great. I will say, I was hoping to be able to talk about Oculus Link this episode and did a whole bunch of stuff trying to make it happen. Uh, but evidently, it doesn't like any of the cables I have. The official Oculus Link cable isn't on sale yet. You, which one did you buy, Christian? Oh, this makes me sad. I bought the recommend, like the one that Oculus and or fa- oh, also. No, that's great. I want I want that one. No, no. That- I bought the Anchor one, the one yeah, that they recommend. It's not available anymore. It's it's literally sold out everywhere. So it's it's, okay. it's not available anywhere. It's but it's like well, thirteen mine's, bucks. Yeah, it's supposed to get here this week, but maybe it won't. <laughs> if, you look, if you look on Amazon, it says currently not available, and we don't know when we'll get more of them. So it, it, okay, it is, yeah. My shipping slipped from today to I think like the third through the fifteenth. So I got an order in, but I don't know when it will get here also related to this just because we're here um it's not story of the week but facebook yeah. bought uh beat studios i, I believe that's their name that does the beat saber company pretty crazy right yeah It'll i mean so to see what their next thing is because they're yes. a pretty small team and that was a pretty awesome i mean it's a great game that they executed on very very well but it's easy to think of that as maybe a one hit wonder studio. I hope that's not the case. And I don't mean to slight them in any way, but it is a, it is a pretty brilliant, perfect idea. And it's not easy to come up with brilliant, perfect ideas over and over, you know, I disagree. Here's another one. No, <laughs> um, but so what I did to try to get Oculus link working is I tried it with several cables that I had, um, especially the ones that would connect to the back of my RTX card because there's a, a USB-C port on the back uh, of that. So you can go USB-C to USB-C instead of USB 3.2 to USB-C. Um, and I was all excited about that because I can finally use that port in the back of my video card and pull out all my uh, USB 3.0 slots that have been used up by Oculus sensors and the, the first headset the rift. Um, and so what happens was you have to up, update your software for the Oculus, you know, the PC software, which was fine. Like you go into like beta and then do whatever yeah, or whatever. Easy to right? do. No problem with there. But then my Oculus quest had to update Android. It works on Android, but the, there's no way to force it to download an update. You, you have one setting and that is, install updates automatically or not. And if you have update <laughs> updates automatically, you don't know when it's grabbing it. It doesn't tell you when it's grabbing the update. And there's no way to say, hey, can you check for updates and see if there's an update to grab? It just you just have to wait for it to decide to look. And it then would just be plugged in and turned on or like yes, in sleep mode or whatever. It plugged into a power outlet. So I'm yeah. just sitting there hoping my headset decides it's time to look. <laughs> And it finally did. I mean, it took it took a day, but I was like just sitting around going, this is ridiculous. There's no way to <laughs> force it to download the update. Um, it, had to- it told me there was an update available. And I'm like, well, could you download it, please? I got to uh, go do this now. You're telling, you're telling me yeah. I got to do it right after the show. Let's go plug my quest yeah. in. <laughs> yes, yes. And then so – and then I tried – and then it finally had it updated. And then you plug it into the PC and you say add headset into the Oculus software and it, w- it was like, nope, sorry, that cord doesn't work. Nope, sorry, that cord doesn't work. And I tried the uh, the cord that comes with the Quest. And yeah, it's they like, say that doesn't it work. It says specifically like, oh, you tried with our cord. Uh, you can't use that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. 
Um, so anyway, so it didn't work with any of the chords I have. I then went to, I'm sure this is fascinating for you to hear, Kate, but, um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> what's more fascinating, this or my Pokemon starter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, real big toss up there, guys. Yeah. Solid toss up. Just kidding. I'm Sorry. listening. I'm warning. Uh, so the, then I went to, uh, both Fry's Electronics and Best Buy. And I've learned that both of those places are a shell of their former selves. And I know we did it to ourselves. We did it. We did it with our internet purchasing and our Amazons. We did it. We made them superfluous and unnecessary. And, and I, yeah, most of the time, if I need a cord or a cable or a thing or some new memory or whatever, I'm going to go, I'm going to buy it online. I get it. I know it is because I neglected you, Fry's Electronics. But I walked into Fry's Electronics, having not been there in quite a while, looking for a simple USB-C to USB-C cable. And that place, it felt like a tumbleweed went right by my feet as I walked into Fry's Electronics. It, it was like, I remember back in the day walking and getting, I could get anything. They had every PC component and electric. This was empty shelves and no, we don't have that. And oh, do you want to go to the, to the mobile section? Cause you can get cords at the, where we sell phones it was so sad, you guys. It was so sad. And I didn't get a cord. I didn't get a cable. So I'll have to wait and see what, what arrives in the mail if I get one of the cables. But I want to do it. It just it has a very high requirement for the cable. Not just any old cable can work. And uh, you can't physically go to a place and get cables anymore in this world, evidently. I remember the, probably five years ago, I went to a radio shack to get something. And I just walked in and I was like, what are you? <laughs> store like, like they were like it's it like selling phones and like plushies and something and i was like i need like a transistor <laughs> you know whatever i need like a thing and they're like yeah we don't have those and i was like yeah we got cool. batteries got batteries we can sell batteries right, yeah a remote control car this was my favorite place man it was my favorite place and i get it i did it man i did it i'm the one who stopped going and started buying online and i understand i killed brick and mortar but it's a bummer that brick and mortar is completely useless at this point. I don't even know what they sell there. It's just like, you don't, you can't give me a cord, a simple cord. Well, it's not a simple cord as you just described. It's a very specific cord. All right. Well, that was uh, high quality content on a podcast. Um, <laughs> I apologize. Both to my arch strings. I'll say that. And we've all had the fries experience. Let's be clear. Right. It used to be yeah. great. It's a little bit like walking into forever 21 right now. Not that either of you would do that because your kids aren't old enough and also you're not target audience. Well, target demo is a great way to put it. Yeah. That's fair. But uh, it's, it's that's what Fry's reminds me of now, which is sort of like a, a teenager's bedroom. Yeah. Just yeah. a lot of stuff and not, and, and, and sort of a lot of stuff and yet nothing at all. And everything's somewhat disorganized. Which could also be a way to describe the show. That's uh, fair. A lot of stuff, but nothing at all. And everything's <laughs> but it has been a delight having you on kate yeager you're awesome i appreciate it guys thank you so much for getting this fangirl's dream uh, a reality man this is great are you kidding we'd love to have you back anytime you're fantastic uh but in the meantime tell people where they can find out more about the things you do online the things i do you know what i'm gonna go ahead and direct you to the twitters it's at kate yeager i got that twitter handle. it's very exciting it's nothing cool uh, and if you're on uh, the Xbox, uh, Kate Monster with a three instead of an E, because that's how we do. 
<laughs> that's that's actually and also it's actually k8 like the number eight so we'll just let that one slide but either way yeah k at kate yeager all of my socials are on there it's uh yeah i mean if i could say my name with the number i would always do that that's the coolest <laughs> it's the coolest jeff are you, oh i was gonna say you could definitely have threes and fours in your name Jeff. no no not realize the k8 thing that's that's got what it. i'm talking about it's cool got it got I'll it. it i'll take it no jaforf <laughs> there is now. <laughs> I wear that t-shirt. That's brilliant. Put that on a fanny pack. Sounds I could name my son Jaforf, and he would have had a whole life ahead of him. Sounds like a it sounds like a Klingon like. <laughs> I uh, my name is Jeff, and this is my son Jaforf. <laughs> He's gonna be heading up your weapons bay. <laughs> oh, Star Trek. Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week? Uh, it's Tuesday. I'm doing a show at the Indigo House. If you're in the Los Angeles area, I think it's like a 7 p.m. start. And then Sunday, uh, I would check their website. I'm, I'm doing a charity show at Flappers um, for a good cause. It's I think it's like it's a day show. I, I don't know if there's general tickets available or not, but you can check. That's Tuesday and then Sunday. And then anything else pops up during the week, Twitter's the best place to find it at Spicer. Um, and then this show, I typically stream live on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer, 7.15 p.m. Pacific. And then uh, on the tweets also, you can see I'm trying to go through some holiday hits with my kids as we have now entered December. And I'm starting that uh, you know holiday movie watching experience with uh, with them. So you can see the their hot takes <laughs> or my reviews of their hot takes as we progress through the month. Awesome. Well, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, and I have a couple other shows for you to check out, including the Slash Filmcast, where we talk about movies and TV shows. Um, great time of year to check out that show as well, especially because we got the Star Wars coming up and we got our end of the year lists coming up. It's uh, awesome movies right now. So check out that show over at SlashFilmcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. Also, if you're into awesome storytelling, exciting fantasy, why not try out The Dungeon Run? That's my live play Dungeons & Dragons show. Man, I'm proud of it. It is, uh, it's so fun. We took a week off, but we're going to come back with a vengeance this Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time, streaming live on caffeine.tv slash The Dungeon Run. You can catch up on old episodes by checking out our YouTube page. Uh, you can search for that by searching for The Dungeon Run or... Listen to us as a audio show, as a podcast. Anywhere you get podcasts, search for The Dungeon Run. Um, it is a delight making that show, and I'm super proud of the story. This would be a great jumping on point, too, because like I said, we took a week off, so I'll have a big recap of all the excitement that's going on for the team, the heroes, and uh, what what's happening next for them. Um, they're headed toward a volcano right now, which is pretty exciting. So check that out, The Dungeon Run. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Kate Yeager, do you have a suggestion to help get people through their week? Oh, man. Let me just tell you, if you are looking to emote the way a small child would just go see the new Mr. Rogers, uh, Will You Be My Neighbor movie. Uh. Just see it. And you know what? I'm going to give you a little pro tip. Just just bring the tissues. Just bring them. Know that you're going to use them. Be okay with it and go on with your life because it truly is cathartic. 
That's so awesome to hear. My my college friend wrote that movie. Shut up! Really? Yeah. yeah he oh wrote my it. gosh, they are amazing! Yeah, right? I he wrote it. Like, be more excited. And then Tom, now Tom Hanks is in it, and it's going to be oh. talked about for Oscars and stuff. It's amazing. He's amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, uh, Christian Spicer. How about a parting gift? Yep, I teased it. Uh, Home Alone. It won. Fan of the movie. I remember I went to see it in theaters when I was just a wee lad for a birthday with like me and a couple of friends. We saw it opening weekend or whatever it was uh, all those years ago. And I've rewatched it several times since, but I watched it uh, today as we were recording this with my two kids. Man, what an absolute treat watching them. I mean, just like jumping like the third act when Kevin starts, you know, letting loose when he goes to war. It's so good. And they were just jumping with glee and like hiding behind their eyes. Like, oh man, that movie, it, it holds uh, up, man, right? It really does. It's so simple and pure um, in kind of what it does. And it also does things better than it needs to. Like it really sets up, sets up and justifies how Kevin could be left home alone in a bunch of fun ways. Um, really, really well done. Really great Christmas movie that I feel like sometimes gets overlooked in terms of, Christmas movies. Also, I think I feel like few two people, a few two people, too few people know the soundtrack. If you want Christmas music but are sick of the traditional seven songs that everybody listens to for Christmas, the soundtrack for Home Alone is excellent and very Christmassy. It has a couple of actual, you know, old Christmas hymns in it, but also it's a John Williams score. So check out, if not the movie, the Home Alone soundtrack. It's super weird when Kevin is like, walks into that room and it's like bomb 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 <laughs> no 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 not the superman theme jeff the jurassic park one <laughs> yeah. um we have a listener suggested parting gift this was sent to dlc feedback at gmail.com this actually is a reference to one of christian's recent parting gifts this comes from jason who says i 100 percent agree with your assessment that tres leches is the best cake ever Though I would expand that to Tres Leches and its variants. Specifically, I'm a fan of the coconut variant. I start with Alton Brown's recipe, but throw in a dash of coconut extract to the cake batter and substitute the evaporated milk with coconut milk. Top it with whipped cream, again, with coconut extract if you're making your own, and toasted coconut. It's a trip to the tropics in your mouth. Hmm. What do you think about this, man? This is a your your Tres Leches. You're the you're the guy. You're the, you're you're our uh, Tres Leches experto. So what do I'm, you think? I, I I love Alton Brown. I love coconut. I love condensed coke. Uh, uh, man, here's a little also fun treat for you. Uh, cook rice. People have probably done this before, but use coconut milk instead of water for your yeah. rice. Yeah, ah, delicious. So I'm sure this is also delicious. It sounds incredible. Hotly debated topic about the Trace Leches. Well, yeah, there are people that are right, and there are people that are idiots. Is that- <laughs> on the on the the hierarchy of cakes uh, is Trace Leches tell- reigning supreme? Uh, that reign supreme. That's coconuts. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with coconuts. Because well, no. <laughs> what are you doing? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'm glad we're on team. Yeah. Team. Yeah. It was- Jeff, can I just say it was weird how we didn't have a guest on this entire episode? I was looking forward to Well played. Well played, Christian. <laughs> All right. Well, my parting gift, uh, I usually don't talk about the movie that we're going to be reviewing on the Slash Filmcast, 
because I feel like I have a whole podcast for that. But this movie deserves to be mentioned as many times as I possibly can because it might be my favorite movie of the year. It's called Knives Out. So good. It's incredible. It is. Uh, it is. It's my one of my favorite movies of the year, if not my favorite. And it is so perfect. It is so wonderfully, deliciously written. And it's a murder mystery uh, by Ryan Johnson, the guy who did Last Jedi and Brick and so many other amazing movies. Uh, just go see it. Don't look at anything. Just go see it. And I guarantee you, you're going to have an incredible time. If you even remotely like a good mystery, oh man, it's so smart. It's so fun. And it's about being good. <laughs> it's about being good. It's awesome. Knives out. It, al- it also has the feeling of, one, well, the performances I think are extraordinary, but it feels like the actors were having fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like the first Oceans, the first, the George Clooney remake of the Oceans movies kind of had that too, where it felt like a bunch of friends or people that came together and gelled very quickly. And they're not like winking at the camera, but it just, it's a good time and you can feel their good time come through the screen to you. And you just leave feeling better because you saw it. It's one of those movies where you just hang on every word that's spoken. Cause you're like, what is, where are we going? What's happening? What, 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 what? Uh, knives out, go see it, go see it. You'll, you'll not regret it. All right. What a fun episode. Uh, thanks again to Kate Yeager and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us in real time, making the show better. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making the musical bumpers that start every segment. And thank you to each and every one of you who listen. Boy, we are grateful for you. Uh, and uh, we'll try to do our best every single week including next week when we'll be back. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.